by the end of this year, you'll have 50% of the S&P companies having some type of Bitcoin in there, on their on their balance sheet, on their books. You you got you got pensions and endowments, you know, trickling in. So Grayscale was on there too, and I think I'm I'm posting a Grayscale video this evening about what they were saying. You know, obviously they said you know years ago it was educating them on what Bitcoin is. Right now the conversation is portfolio construction. So, you know, people know. You either know you get left behind. <laughs> and I'm trying to, you know, you know, I I told I was telling my wife that uh, you know, I'm talking to my cousin, talking to my cousin about it. And I, t- I told my wife, you know, he, he's a he's a lost soul. He 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 values worldly experiences versus, you know, trying to obtain wealth. And I said, why not do both? And I gave him, you know, several examples. Um, but I don't know. You know, I told him that, you know, the dollar's losing 15% every year. Uh, back in 2011 to 2017 or whatever, that dollar was was now worth 42 cents. So it, he said, tell me, he said, tell me when Bitcoin is a guarantee and then I'll invest. <laughs> now, I agree that it was still a risk even as early as a year ago, right? Um, but then you had COVID and you had this network effect taking place and, you know, the trillion dollar market cap now. And when it gets to two trillion, you're gonna, you're gonna start seeing central banks look at this. So as far as I'm concerned, to you guys, yeah, it is different. It is not the same. Yeah, market cap is 1.2 trillion right now. Now, Mitch was talking about. Um, now, if you want to see, I'm I'm trying to be selective, right? You know, every 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 coin is going up, right? Every coin, Dodge Doge Doge coin, it's going to have a, a Super Bowl commercial tomorrow or something. Even 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 hives going up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know yeah. we're back in a bull market. It went from 11 cents to 16 cents. Yeah. Or that the party is going to end. The hive <laughs> is the indicator. So, so Kat and I were, were discussing this a little bit uh, yesterday and he was saying, you know, this feels very, you know, similar to how it felt at the peak of, of uh, 2017, 2018. It, it, and it does. Well, yeah. So we, we had Bitcoin make a new high. It retraced a bit. Now, then Ethereum made a new high and, uh, and that, you know, without Bitcoin making a high and, and he's going through all that. And that's all true. Um, but then I brought up the uh, the Bitcoin dominance chart. Yeah, can so, you explain that? Yeah, what, what yeah. were you saying? I wasn't getting it when you. Well, let me let me share my screen here. Neil basically said, "Cat, I'm going to quell all your fears so you can sleep well at night." <laughs> yeah. And he right. said, and he said two words: Bitcoin dominance. Dominance. And all is now well in the world. All right. So this is the monthly chart of uh, of the Bitcoin dominance. So what this does is it takes the entire market cap of all crypto. And it, and it takes a ratio of that, you know, f- versus the market cap of just Bitcoin. So back in 2016, Bitcoin was the only game in town. So it was like 98%, 99% dominant. So that 99% of all value of crypto was concentrated in Bitcoin. And then, you know, Ethereum launches and all these other coins launch. And so this is the bull market right here, uh, where the, the dominance of Bitcoin as a percentage of all crypto goes down to... 
down to 35%. Oh, I, I love it, man. I love it. Okay. So, so this is showing that money was leaving Bitcoin and going into Ethereum and, and other assets, right? Then we have the peak and then the crash. And the, uh, this segment right here is, the, is, the, is the, that fall where people are fleeing those kind of tier two assets in crypto and coming back into Bitcoin. Wow. Okay. And so here we see another little dip in the dominance um, as people are, are starting to move into more speculative positions. Same thing right here with, uh, you know, the rise of Ethereum and DOT and whatever else. Uh, but still, we are, we are still in a very middle of the ground, um, middle of the road sort of position for the dominance chart. So if we start seeing Bitcoin dominance down here, where, you know, all the money coming into crypto is going to other things, then we might see that um, it might be time to start looking at what's going to happen next in the next wave of the market. But for me, at least, I'm, I'm not too concerned at a, at a dominance of 63%. I love that. I love that. So that's a, uh, that's a uh, you know, uh, an indicator to, to determine um, a top. Yeah. Now, again, this time is different. If you look at the, uh, what is it called? The DeFi graph or whatever, total mm -hmm. value locked up, yep. whatever. Um, you know, that's what makes it a little different too. But I love it. I'll have to start just paying attention to that. Well, I mean, what's great about DeFi is that, so, you know, the last bull market run, which maybe was more of a bubble than a bull market run, you know, was driven by the ICO craze. But the difference, like, with that was most of the ICOs were just shit. Like, they were shit coins. DeFi, there's, like, actually a business model to the majority of these. And I'm sure, and don't, let's not get it twisted. Some of these DeFi coins are going to end up being shit coins. Let's get real. Like, that's just the nature of the beast. But a lot of these DeFi, DeFi coins actually have a business model that makes sense and that could literally do what they're meant to do, decentralized finance. Um, so that's a game changer. That's a paradigm shifter as opposed to, you know, in 2016, 2017, when anyone and their brother was just launching an ICO coin on any white paper that didn't just seem like it was complete dumb assery. And it was like, let's and go launch even the ones that did. <laughs> yeah. And even the ones that did. I mean, we do have Dogecoin. <laughs> well, you know, they're at least up front. So one Doge equals one Doge, right? Yes. So when that when that uh, value, I think we were at what, 34 billion. Another another indicator when we get to 100 billion, um, in DeFi, you're saying? Yeah, when when that gets to 100 billion, then that's might you know that's another tell sign that you know we might be at a at a at a top as well. I I love reading that DeFi Pulse uh, title. It just feels it feels it feels like there's something familiar. <laughs> it does feel oddly familiar. <laughs> now is that just um is that just on Ethereum or that's that's all uh, of? Well, let's see. We got Ethereum. Maker. We got. Ave, we got compound. So these are all Ethereum. Yeah, it sorts uh, by chain. That is a good question, though. I'd like to know that, and I'm sure maybe the uh, you know listeners would too. Like, how many oh. different blockchains are their DeFi products on? Uh, uh, over not, 90, not 90, <laughs> not over ninety five percent of them, ninety eight percent of pro are on Ethereum. That makes sense. Yeah. So and then so that. I was just saying, okay. so, and then like one of the reasons we like Rune is because Rune's potentially going to be like one of the other big chains in terms of DeFi projects. Well, Rune well, is interesting because it's going to take basically the best of what DeFi offers, uh, like liquidity pools, and um, it's going to make it multi-chain. So, um, 
oh, you know, okay, like these right, current yeah. projects like Uniswap, it's awesome that you can be on Ethereum, but if you move to uh, Rune, you're, you're basically on multiple blockchains. So the fees are going to be super low compared to Ethereum and all that. This is still at um, $2.50. Buy at $2.50. Rune? Rune, yeah. I mean, it's three fifty nine right. right now. So if you want to get it on a discount on a pullback, oh, you're yeah, saying right, right there. there. Right. I don't know if it'll get to two fifty. I mean, it could, um, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy. I'm just riding and dying my uh, sub one dollar coins. Yeah. So you know, so I was looking today at at Rune. I was like, oh, you know, it's pulling back a little bit. Maybe it's time to get in. But so you know, I bought my Rune at like eleven cents and nineteen cents, mm, and damn. so I've got. I, I mean, the, the, the multiples are fantastic, right? But I didn't put enough in. So I broke my rules, right? And mostly because when I first learned about Rune, you know, it was just Shanghaipreneur or, or Prof K saying, hey, you should check out this project. And he's been right so much. And he's like, yep, I'm just going to put in 500 bucks just on his say-so. <laughs> no research at all. So, uh, so I did that and I've got, you know, uh, and I've done a little bit of trading here and there, but I've got, I don't know, 3,000 coins or something. So, so when now, was if that? I take... Uh, that when, was when, that was before the chart was that September. That was no, it was like July, something like that. Okay, it was before it was listed anywhere except for uh, the Binance Dex. Okay. So the thing okay. I love about Rune and the, the thing that I, I have come to appreciate about it is that so you know everybody everybody's talking about DeFi and and Dexes, you know decentralized exchanges. So currently, the only Dexes that are you know real, I would say, are are on Ethereum. You know, with Uniswap and SushiSwap and all those, Rune is bringing that kind of functionality to everything. So, if you want to trade your Bitcoin for Ethereum, and you don't want to go through, you know, Coinbase or Binance or one of the centralized exchanges for any number of reasons, then the only way to do that is currently is you take your Bitcoin, you wrap it into wrapped Bitcoin, uh, or you know, HBTC or BBTC or one of those uh, Ethereum tokens that represent Bitcoin. And then you trade it in a in Uniswap or or one of the other ones, and then you get Ethereum that way. What Rune is offering is you have Bitcoin, you swap it for Ethereum, done. You know, and wow. you know, there's a lot a lot of a lot of uh, value there in terms of ease and in terms of security. So uh, I think that's going to be, you know, fantastic. But I'm looking at well, so talk, I have. Let's talk about the security. What? Why? Why is it? Why is the security better? Well, because you're, you're, you're swapping native assets. So, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're wrapping your Bitcoin, you have sent your actual Bitcoin over to some other wallet and they are then issuing you a token on Ethereum for what's supposed to represent that. So that, that, that pool that is, that is locked up inside their, their wrapping function is a security risk, you know? And yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing their best to mitigate that risk, but it's always going to be there. So, so, so Rune has just one less layer, essentially, but there's right. still risk, right? On, on, on the, on, you know, there's still some risk, right? Hack risk. I mean, if you're just holding your Bitcoin in your own wallet, there's no risk. So in that, in that instant of a, of a transaction, there is a potential risk, just like any transaction, where th there's a risk that they don't complete their side of the thing. So that, that wait, wait, wait. So, 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 so I'm clear. If I want to participate in a in a in a room pool, well, no, that's a different uh, thing. Oh, different. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. So I'm just All saying. Right, so I'm just saying, as somebody holding Bitcoin, if I want to swap that for Ethereum, currently the only way to do that in a decentralized manner is slow and expensive. 
So okay. when when Rune launches its mainnet and it's and it's swapping native Bitcoin for native Ethereum, then my my security risk is much much lower, and my fees theoretically will be lower as well. I got you, but my question is: Do you have to transfer your Bitcoin out of your wallet to um, uh, the Rune blockchain? That's my question. Yeah. So when you do the swap, if you want to trade your Bitcoin for Ethereum, you are sending your Bitcoin and you're expecting back Ethereum. So, you know, in that instant of that trade, you know, potentially something could break or, you know, some, you know, any other, any number of things could happen. Same like any transaction. Okay. So the reason you would do this is um, if you think the all, all season, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that, that's when you would, you know, put on that type of trade. Well, it could be it could be any number of reasons. You know, you want to use some of your Bitcoin value and put it into DeFi on Curve or, or uh, Uniswap or whatever, and you just want those Ethereum-based assets. You know, um, you may just want a stable coin. So, like, right. Bitcoin went to forty-one k today. You might be like, oh, it, it's too high right now. I'll sell a little bit and buy back at at thirty-nine. And you might want to just put that in a stable coin rather than go through a centralized exchange and sell it into a stable coin and then hold the stable coin on the exchange. Instead, you'll be able to swap your Bitcoin into a stable coin and it'll always be in your wallet, except for that, you know, two minute I, I got you. where okay. you swap. Uh, okay. It's basically like crossing a bridge. You're on the bridge for like two minutes. That's your risk. But okay, then but after that, it's in your wallet again. But right. say we do that transaction. Um, I give Bitcoin, I get a stable coin. Can I take out a loan against that? Oh no! I, how do I take out the loan? It's your stable coin. You can do whatever you want with it. Say it again. I said it's your coin. You can do whatever you want with it. Okay, but let's let's go. Let's talk to the mechanics. I was telling my my neighbor. You know, I told him buy buy Bitcoin at ten k. I said, all right, man. You you're not gonna buy Bitcoin at forty. So next best coin is you need to get Ethereum, right? But so I was telling him about well, what about the taxes? I was telling him, nah. You know what, what we're gonna do is swap it for for a stable coin and then take out a loan against it. What he was asking was, when you take out the loan, do you have to take out the loan for the for the the entire value for it not to be a taxable event? No, any any kind of loan is is treated the same. So so, say Bitcoin goes to 100k, right? Yep. Um, and then we're, it's going to crash. Um, I can I can I can swap my Bitcoin for stablecoin, and say that say that value is 200k. You're saying I can take out a loan for 10k and it not be a, a taxable event where I don't have to pay the taxes on well, the gains. You're, you're talking about two different things there. So the swap from Bitcoin to stablecoin that is a taxable event. So you've now sold your Bitcoin. Okay, so how, how do we avoid taxes? That's what I'm well, trying you, to... you need to find <laughs> you need to find a, a a lending contract that will accept your Bitcoin, which do exist, but they're more expensive. Yeah, I. I mean, I have a, a loan out against some of my Bitcoin through uh, BlockFi. So they do exist. And I think with Rune and similar things, we'll see more of that in the future. Yeah. But won't you then, but if Bitcoin goes down, then won't you, won't you lose, doesn't your value go down to your Bitcoin holdings? You can get margin. I mean, it's the same as anything. You can get margin called if like, uh, so... Uh, my position, if Bitcoin were to go to, I think like, uh, like 15 K I would get a margin call and I'd have to deposit more Bitcoin. Okay. So, so it's essentially, it's essentially the same thing as what I was planning on doing anyway. 
mm-hmm. was just going through going through the futures markets and, and shorting Bitcoin. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, that just seems like I mean, a lot with, of with, with the loan stuff, you're just getting liquidity without having to sell your Bitcoin. So I got you. Okay. And, and you get the benefits of not having to pay taxes because you're not selling anything. Um, I got you. And, and you get the benefit of, you probably still believe Bitcoin's going to be worth more at some point in the future. So you get to hold on to your Bitcoin and have liquidity to do whatever you want. I got um, it. So like for me, I'm trading with the liquidity that I got from that loan to okay. earn more than the interest I'm paying. Um, so it's, it's basically like I'm leveraging, it's just like a collateralized loan. I'm just leveraging the loan money to make more money. I love it. Okay. But I still get the benefit and, of Bitcoin yeah, going up. Just make sure you do smart things with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't lose it. Don't and lose well, you can, money. well spe- speaking of safe things, you can do the opposite of that. Instead of being a borrower, borrow, uh, I can talk instead of <laughs> borrowing, you can lend. So right. if you plan on holding, let's say one Bitcoin for, for an eternity, right? like well shit if it's just gonna sit there maybe i should earn some money on this and you become a lender right because i think you and you can do that on blockfi if i'm yeah you you earn uh six percent i do i do a little yeah. bit of that too um yeah and it's not like a crazy return right. but if like i'm thinking about that i've had you know i got the one bitcoin sitting in my exodus for like years now and i'm just like well shit i could earn six percent for the last couple of years or however blockfi has been around but you so, gotta put it you gotta you gotta give it to blockfi right Right. And they custody it with Gemini, which is pretty reputable, but um, they also pay the interest out as Bitcoin every month on the first of every month. You get, you get 6% oh, divided by 12 months. So I have yeah, that much so, more Bitcoin over the last couple of years. Oh yeah. So I've been, I've been doing BlockFi for about a year and every month I've gotten a payment in Bitcoin. And now my, I mean, if you were to take the, the APY on that relative to like the U S dollar value that it started at, it's yeah. massive. Yeah, and that's yeah, just because of the market gains since then. Yeah. Right. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's damn. <laughs> so then yeah. the other option is just to sell your Bitcoin and buy a stable coin if you think the values of Bitcoin is going to go down, but then you just have to pay taxes on the capital gains. Yep. Right, because, you, yeah, you're just selling. And depending on, depending on how much you made, that could be up to 40% tax. Correct, Neil? Yeah. So um, what happens Especially is if it's like that a short term, short term, term. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've held that, le- if, if, if you've held that Bitcoin less than a year, then it's a short term gain and it gets taxed at your whatever your ordinary income rate is. So, you know, if you're in the 35 percent bracket, then you're going to be paying 35 percent plus another uh, Obamacare tax of 3.8 percent plus your state tax. So it could be 40, 45. All right. What if it's what if it's what if you held it more than a year and then you sell? So if you held it more than a year, then the, uh, the long-term capital gains rate depends on the total amount of income for that year, not just trading income, but just o- o- overall income on your tax return. So your, your long-term capital gains rate is either going to be 0, 15, or 20%, plus an Obamacare tax if it's high enough. And then, you know, one of the, uh, so the political risk uh, right now is that Biden's talking about getting rid of that if, you're, if your income is over a million dollars. So there's some complexities there, but that's the basic idea. So you're talking 20, 24% uh, federal. But your, your, your capital gains will be included as income, correct? So mm-hmm. worst case is 40% taxed. Uh, you plug, okay. Yeah, roughly. That's a lot so, of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> well, then it goes back to. Yeah, it makes, it makes taking a loan for half, you know, it come out the same math wise. That's right. true. 
the, the short-term, long-term be, thing I find amusing also because it's like, well, like I talked to my accountant about that. I'm like, well, how the hell do I pin what's short and long? He's like, well, you can pair up the transactions. And I'm like, oh my God. Because it's not like Coinbase really, like using Coinbase as an example, like provides, like it's not like you have to do it yourself. There's no like, okay. oh, this Bitcoin you bought in 2017 is the Bitcoin you sold. I'm like, so WTF. Yeah. So I'm going to do first, like I'm going to just personally do first in, first out, right? First in, first out. Yeah, you want to do last right? that was how that but i'm gonna have to like weed through my coinbase before i see my accountant and be like all right this you know this goes to this and this so but the bottom line is like i know i have long-term transactions but i at the same time like they could all look short-term because it's not like it's not like i bought apple stock five shares of apple stock and then i sold five shares of apple stock and it's like well that was simple Yeah, so like in a stock brokerage, you will uh, you'll you'll have an election, uh, and you'll tell the you'll tell the stockbroker, I'm choosing last in first out method or first in first out method or specific lot method, and uh, so I mean in the stocks you can do the same thing, you can pick and choose, but it by default you know typically they're going to do first in first out. Um, but in in crypto because it's not a security, you're talking about property because of the way the IRS has interpreted things, uh, it's a it's a whole different thing. So yeah, you got to do that reconstruction yourself or try to use software and even it. though it's property um, they don't let you 1031 <laughs> <laughs> well 1031 is now only for real property so you know the whole the whole 1031 argument back back before they changed it you know i was trying to explain to people you can't just do stuff and say yeah it was 1031 because uh, you know 1031 requires an intermediary to hold the yep. money so yep. <laughs> none of, that argument never worked well i mean technically um, coinbase but, is holding the money for me you know in that fraction of a second between me selling bitcoin into usdc <laughs> right. so, well then the yeah. uh the whole s corp conversation that we've had before that you know that that kind of creates the baseline tax rate right like if you, you if you uh, good if question. you go good, through good, that it, good it, question yeah because i think you said before it was like 22 percent or something right no, as so long as it's under no, 200k yeah, so an, an S corp. What happens is the net profits, uh, net proceeds in both operational profits and capital gains and everything flows through onto your personal tax return and gets included in your personal income. So, you know, as opposed to a C corporation, pays its own taxes, which right now is twenty one percent federal. So, so uh, you know, th- because of the way personal taxes are graduated, it goes uh, zero, ten percent, twelve percent, twenty percent, you know, and on up. Uh, so the weighted average of your tax is going to be lower than that 21% in a C-corp up until you reach a certain dollar uh, figure in, uh, in income. And that's going to depend on your family situation and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, two, 300,000 is kind of a good ballpark to start looking at other options. But you, two, 300,000 would be to look at an S-corp or a C-corp? To start looking at C-corps, yeah. Okay. But again, political risk. Biden's talking oh. about changing the C corporate. He's talking about so, increasing it. So, yep, twenty one percent now. He, they're talking about changing it to twenty eight percent. Okay, so can you save on taxes? Can you save on taxes if you if your Bitcoin is under an S corp um, versus versus a personal? Yeah, well, like, say, what, say, what it say, does is it gives you more it, flexibility. Because now you have, um, so like, let's say 
let's say you, you have Bitcoin in your personal account and then you sell that and you have some kind of capital gain and then you want to use that money for some kind of business purpose. Well, now you've got you know, a multi-step kind of thing that you have to deal with. Whereas in a, an S-Corp, you, you, have the, you have the Bitcoin, you sell it, you take that capital gains and you use it for some kind of business uh, purpose. Then that all gets combined into kind oh, of one reporting trade. Write-off. Yeah. But it's also a write-off. Okay. What a write-off. The Bitcoin itself. Well, if you if you have no no if you have the if you have the Bitcoin under your under an S corp or business and you sell it and use some of that cash to do something else business related, mm -hmm. you can write that expense off. Yes. Right. Okay. <coughs> cool. So okay. when Bitcoin moons to a hundred k and Leo's at five dollars and I cash out everything because now I'm set for life. And I just buy like a huge rental property that's going to like give me like ten thousand a month. I can write off that purchase. <laughs> well, part of it, yeah. I know. You do your cost segregation. You accelerate your depreciation of. That's right. Under tax cutting jobs, that a lot of that hits first year rather than even the first five years, and then uh, you uh, you have your cash flow and you don't pay at least as much taxes. So I actually, like I'm working on a on a book called the cost. Uh, what am I calling it? The, the seg 31 two-step <laughs> and it's how to <laughs> i like how, that how to uh how to build a real estate empire that pays you every month and pays zero dollars taxes well you know i got an audience that'll buy that book up <laughs> yeah so i have to um wow okay i really have to think about then what what lane i'm going to travel down once we're at the top i, yep. I don't know what i'm going to do yet um, psychologically, I don't want, I don't want my Bitcoin value to go down, but I could also then just shoot some cash to buy some puts as a hedge. Do you know what I mean? Yep. If you, in the futures market. I mean, I think that's the, probably the simplest thing to do. Yeah. It's like on stock, you just, you know, buy some puts and give exactly a married put position and lock in your gains. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just have to pursue um well i don't i'm sure in that time the cme won't be the only way to go where i can buy you know futures i think uh binance does that right now so does uh qcoin Q, okay yeah okay. i've actually been poking around a lot on qcoin lately because you know i got off of binance because of whatever us people not supposed to be on that blah 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 but uh i had had i had some litecoin that was sitting on um qcoin that i didn't even realize i had um, I thought I'd liquidated it all, but uh, when I went back on there, started poking around. They got futures. They got you can you can do staking, pooling, like you can trade on margin. Um, that's where. So they have uh, Polkadot uh, on KuCoin. So that's where I ended up flipping all the Litecoin. I flipped it like the Polkadot I had. That was the trade I did. I flipped Litecoin into uh, Polkadot and um, riding that now. But uh, I actually did they, a trade yesterday are they open on to US. Are you saying they're open to US? Nah, I don't know that they're not, and I haven't gotten any warning messages at all since I've been using them. Okay. And the reason, well, and the reason that's my assumption is because there's a guy I know here in, in Boca who's a big crypto head and, and, and mines coin and everything. Like he's QCoin junkie. So I just assumed it was good. Yeah. It's a Chinese uh, exchange, right? Yeah. I think it's an Asian. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't KYC or anything like that, though. But granted, I opened an account like, 
probably two years ago or whatever, like through his like, you know, affiliate link. <laughs> yeah, so unverified, you have a five Bitcoin limit and then it goes up as you verify stuff. Five Bitcoin limit is more than I'll need on that exchange. Can you go back up, um, Neil? I saw like a, it was a USD column. Yeah, right there. Uh, P2P, oh, oh, that's true. Okay, withdrawal limit, okay. All right, yeah, so I, you know, I just gotta investigate. Yeah, yeah, it's not, honestly, the platform's not bad. They spread a lot. I mean, it's not as uh, robust as Binance, but you know, they're offering all the same type of products now. And, um, you know, they had, did they have, actually, I think they also did have Uniswap. I just decided to go with Dot. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm going I'm to roll my boy Rollin. I'm with, uh, I'm with Kraken. So I think Kraken has a futures option as well. Um, you know, I, I've never even been on Kraken. And they're U.S. based, right? Yes. Yeah. Can you, can you, um, with Kraken, can you go from like fiat to crypto? Like, can you basically. That's you know, why I did you... that. That's why I did. That. Okay. That's why I went well, with No, yeah. I asked because like, I, I still tell people to go to Coinbase, but like the reality is Coinbase is kind of the worst, um, because their fees seem to be the highest. So, um, if, uh, I can send newbies somewhere else where they can get fiat into crypto yeah. uh, easily. So, yeah. well, well, that's, that's that, was, right? <laughs> that was why I went and, you know, I'm still waiting for Coinbase to get back to me. So oh, you know, we're cracking. They're slow. And, and then we're cracking. I can I can stake my uh, my dot and and Kusama, which is the sister chain for uh, dot. I can right on cracking platform. Sweet. So now and then I and I also think that they offer a, a futures uh, you know feature. So I can I stake gotta, um I can stake dot on Qcoin also. I think it was paying like eleven okay. percent or something. Yeah yeah yeah. Minus um minus ten. I should probably do it because, I mean, I don't like I basically when I jumped into it, the thought process was, all right, Ron's down with it. And he's saying dot 100. So I'm riding minimum, to 100. Minimum. minimum. All right. So I might as well stake it because if I'm holding it to, you know, to 100, it's a bet. I mean, I have, I think, how many coins do I have? I don't even have a ton of coins, but it's just it's just a lotto ticket. If it goes to 100, I get a payday. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a decent amount tied up into the. uh Polka dot ecosystem, and then I, I also just fixed my uh, one project called Paid. <clears throat> They're getting into the 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 legal uh, 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 what is it? Uh, can't think of what they uh, what they do, but they they're trying to de decentralize the uh, legal lawyer type field. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I just I'm up four X on that one already. Nice. They launched a week ago and uh, nice. got in at 50 cents and uh, it's like 250. The other one is uh, BMI, Bridge Mutual. Um, they're doing the uh, the insurance thing. I think Next, Nexus Mutual is the biggest one out there. Um, so does that mean I should sell my lemonade? You lost me on that. Oh, you don't know lemonade? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, this, okay. No, no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. AI insurance. That that Although one, um, that one is a hundred or something. That one, uh, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm almost thinking about selling it because, like, it I got basically you. like, like four times, yes. you know, four x in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Like, three months. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, yeah. That's not not. A, oh, 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 take out, take out your uh, 
you know, leave your initial investment. Yeah, you know I what I mean? That. It's in my IRA. So, I mean, it was kind of oh, okay. like a bet anyway. But I missed I mean, out. I wasn't I expecting it how... like that. Yeah, I don't know. I always say I don't see how I can pull, like, it can't pull back. But then, you know, I guess I could say that about Tesla for the last two <laughs> years and I'd be wrong every time. I should have just held. I mean, that's so that's what I did with my Tesla. And if I had not done that, I'd have like, I don't even know, like 90 grand, at least more in my IRA mm. right now. Mm. At least possibly mm. six figures had I just sat on it and not, you know, sold. I sold the, but whatever, that, that stock's crazy. Yeah. So, so, hey, is it, are you guys signed up to Clubhouse? Everybody on Clubhouse? Oh, yeah. I forgot to send uh, Neil my number. I am not on Clubhouse. I don't want to be on Clubhouse. That's just another thing that eats up time. <laughs> and I don't have an iPhone anyway. Uh, well, then you're, then you're not welcome on Clubhouse if you don't. They, they only, Android, they, baby. They only, Android have, life. Oh, they, they only have an app for iPhone at this time? Yep. You know, you still so have an actual invite? You know, uh, let me check here. So this is stealth driven by Apple then, if it's exclusive <laughs> to iPhones. Great business idea. That's what they do. They, make, they, they create their cults. Hey, I, I agree We're with you. We're building man. our Leo cult. We need a Leo I, cult. Oh yeah, I agree with you that um, I get so now I get so many notifications now from from Clubhouse, but I have no time to have time. Oh, time as it is, I don't need to add anything. I mean, shit, today is crazy. I left the one call early to jump on you guys. I scarfed down some food in five minutes in between because I don't want to pull a Rolland. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I get off of this, I gotta head up uh, to uh, Palm Beach Gardens for uh, in person meetup. But um, Hey, so going back to the deep, are you playing ball? Up. Are you staying active at all? What up? You playing? You playing basketball? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no. Only reason I didn't play this week is I tweaked. Uh, I tweaked my hamstring last Monday because you know we had a cold front in Florida and I was balling in like fifty degree weather and I guess my legs didn't like it. Okay. But yeah, no, I've been playing as long <laughs> as schedule permits. I've been playing three days a week. Um, but yeah, I won't wow. be playing this weekend because nice. um, I won't be around. Wow. Same thing next weekend. Wow. But that's right. I got let the leg heal. Um. I wanted to circle back to DeFi real quick because, you know, we're talking about like all these things about, you know, potentially cashing out of crypto at some point and putting it, you know, me joking, putting it into a big rent real estate property. You know, uh, Ronald, you had mentioned some stuff. But the funny part is, you know, when it comes to like passive income, right, which I don't know, at least for me, I'm, I'm a huge fan of my goal is to build as much passive income as possible. So I'm, I'm just chilling and I can just work on fun projects. DeFi essentially can provide that it's just a matter of like how much trust you i guess you have in the space yet as it involves because like right now right if you think about it i could get the same return if not better from DeFi if i like just got rid of all my real estate plowed all my money to DeFi, and and had that passive income and i could continue to build that nut where it's like i have enough passive income coming in from DeFi products that that's that's my yearly salary just from that but i guess you know, you have the psychological end of it is new industry, what's legit, what isn't, what happens if we get, because DeFi's only existed basically in somewhat of a up market. So what happens when we get the first down market? You know, it's it goes back to even like the stock market. Like everyone's an awesome trader when the market goes up or, you know, it's just going up. So those are all things that are out there. So I guess my point is at some point, DeFi probably will be viewed as that as like that uh, uh, like a legit passive income investment assuming the space continues to evolve there is no ridiculous you know major scandals i guess you know big losses blah blah blah, blah. at least that's my opinion um and i was kind of just wondering 
how you guys looked at it, what your thoughts were on it in terms of the current state of it and what you think the DeFi space is going to look like even like two years from now. Yeah, I mean, I've thought a lot about this and uh, this is why I like Curve so much because so in, in average DeFi, you have you know one crypto asset pooled against another asset, and you are making some kind of uh, some kind of return based on that. So like in the in the Rap Leo pool, we have Rap Leo versus Ethereum, and we make trading fees, and then we also make liquidity incentives from from the inflation pool that's assigned to that. So that's all great. But you have two risk assets, and so far, you know, currently we're in a great bull market. Everything's been working great. I'm up two hundred percent. Fantastic. But when the market cycle changes, that could change. Whereas on Curve, what you're doing is you're pooling same assets against each other. So if I want US dollar assets, I have you know USDT, USDC, I have DAI, um, all of which are, are pegged to $1. So the returns I'm making are volatile, but they're only, uh, I don't have any overall market risk as long as those coins remain pegged to $1. So that's, that's, that's the version of DeFi that I see as being much more uh, safe in terms of uh, in terms of overall capital preservation. Uh, whereas if you're in one of those trending markets, then it could do great, or it could you you might still make in a down market you might still make great fees like you know APY terms, but then you lose ninety percent of your capital. So that's uh, for the longer term. I'm I'm all about the stable coin. Um, kind so of which totally makes sense. So as far as curve goes, is the reason that the returns right now are outsized is because of the value of the curve token skyrocketing? Well, yes and no. So you like even when even when the CRV token was was at its low at like you know 20, 30 cents, you were still getting you know 30%, 40% returns just because of you know the way the whole structure worked. Now with CRV being three dollars, you're making like 120%. Um, but you know, that's probably not so sustainable. So, so, and this goes back to, I think something you've actually said, Neil, uh, a mm -hmm. bunch of times in terms of like, um, you know, annual returns and, and like, and, and a sustainable rate of return. So when you yep. tell me 30, 40%, like auto automatically, like, you know, back in my mind, I'm like, this is going to blow up at some point. There's no way like that's unsustainable. Like I forget you even, I think at one point did a post where you like, like had a, like a, a rate that you said is kind of like the realistic sustainable return. Yeah, I mean, I probably talked about the 6% rule. Okay. So like the Federal Reserve is built on 6% return for its, uh, for its uh, you know, uh, shareholders. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the 30% returns are crazy. But, you know, if, if your capital base is preserved in that US dollar form, then I'll take the gains as long as they're there. And should they evaporate later? Okay, I'll cash out, go back to the US dollar and I'll buy some real estate. So what's the mechanics there? Um, say we're at a top. I think this is the route you're pursuing, Neil. So we're at a top. You're going to do what with Curve? What's the mechanics? You know, I withdraw my liquidity from the pools. So, uh -huh. now, so now instead of being in the pools, I'm now in USDC, let's say. So, you know, I have however many USDCs. I take them over to Coinbase. I convert them to US dollars. I withdraw them to my bank account. And then I use them for whatever. No, I thought you, so you're not putting it in like the curve pool or whatever? Well, you're saying at a top. So if, if we're at a top and I'm saying, okay, I'm done, then uh, then that would be the, the mechanics of pulling out. So, right. Okay. So, so, so you, you would liquidate, say so you would liquidate the LP, um, you move it into USDC and then you cash out. Yep. 
Um, so now, so you're okay with the 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 the, the uh, paying the taxes on that then? Yeah. Okay. So the way the way I'm structured, I pay my taxes on on the coins, you know, as I go anyway, because I'm in a C corp, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Or the other option is, um, uh, right. So, Cal, you mentioned so BlockFi is one way you can take out a loan against. Um, yeah, I guess that would make. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there are other things you could do. You, so you can take your Curve token, your pool token, and I think you can deposit that on Compound and yeah. lend against that. Yep. Um, so there are advanced strategies you could do and to go through those other kinds of things. I just don't want to pay 40% tax. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I really, I really, really don't. That's fair. Yeah, I, I really, really don't. So my cousin was saying, he's saying he, you know, God bless his soul. He has no 401k um he thinks the stock market's a gamble i told him that the stock market is dying to go up over time uh, he wants to save his money and open up a bookstore um he wants to open a bookstore yeah bookstore yeah um in, in the age of amazon he wants to open a bookstore yeah where was i going with this there was a point to this <laughs> you, were going, hey, you, you you kind of lost all of us when you said he wants to open a bookstore <laughs> like the, the the wealth principle we did this morning with, with galter and the crew was basically like you know um building a million dollar business and like you know, at the end, we all kind of like chime in. And my whole thing was like, the first thing you want to make sure is the business that you want to build, like actually has a need or people actually want that product or, or that service. And like, yeah. like who, who you're not, you're not building a million dollar business off of a bookstore. Not yeah. anymore. In 1990, you were. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I lost my train of thought. So, um. so he, he has, he has no savings and he has terrible business ideas and he wants to be financially <laughs> secure. Is that, is that the idea? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he values, he values life over, you know, uh, accumulation of wealth or whatever. And you know. That's, that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that is fine. I mean, as long as you have enough income to essentially eat and keep a roof over your head, then, you know, that, you know, enjoy life. I'm all for that. Money, money's a tool. It's not, it's not the answer, yeah. but, but having know. a pile of it makes doing all those other things a lot easier. Yeah. And that's 100%. what I'm saying. Okay. I, here, 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 I, I got my train of thought back. So he's saying, yep, the stock market is a gamble. Um, but, uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon, they don't need all that money. They should be, they should be spreading it out. So I, so I told him to say, so you, so you say that although the market's a gamble, if, if I'm successful, within the stock market, which is a gamble, and I accumulate wealth, you want me then just to spread it out? You know, so, um, you know. Valid point. Because, because he is, because he's blood, I'm, I'm going to continue to feed him, um, you know, bites of crypto. Um, is, he, is, is, he, is he a liberal? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, some people you can't, you know, some of my wife, you know, some people, you know, you can take a horse to the to the river, but you can't force the horse to drink the water. Yeah, I would say I'm like, you can you can drag a horse to water, but you can't shove his head in the uh, in the lake. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it's unfortunate because um, to me, this is this is this is easy wealth opportunity. Like You don't have to trade it. You don't have to think about it. If you live through the cycles of the tech bubble or whatever, this is this is a no brainer. Exactly. So I, so, so, the I told, lesson, so I told him the risk 
the risk is looking at your bank account and not doing a thing. That's the risk. That's the gamble. You know? Well, and that's so true, because think about that. If he does nothing, then how can he expect to be in any different position a year from now than he is in right now? But if he, quote unquote, take the gamble, at least now he has one of two outcomes. A, he's in a better position than he was in a year from now than he is right now. Or, all right, it was a gamble, so to speak, and it went the wrong direction. Now he's in a worse position, which not the desirable result. But at least he has the opportunity to have a, a difference yes. as opposed Chance. to right. nothing changes. Right. And, and if he sits, obviously, again, that, that dollar is going to erode. Um, you know, if anybody owns a home or has assets that, that, um, uh, appreciate, they will be even with inflation, right? You know, mm -hmm. the people that are going to lose out are the folks that don't have ownership on any type of assets that are appreciate, right? Mm -hmm. So even the stock market, as an example, the stock market is going higher, right? But potentially the rate of inflation is, is much higher is higher than the stock market appreciation. So, you know, people who are in 401ks or whatever, they think, oh wow, they're making money. But they're not really making money. They're just keeping they're just keeping up with the inflation rate. You know? Yeah, I mean if um, if you look back to like the 1950s and you chart the money supply growth from them to now, it's like six and a half percent you know average over time. And you know the stock market like the S and P 500, uh, you know, averages, you know, 8.8% over the last hundred years. So it does in, in real terms, you're getting like a 2% gain in stocks over the very long term. And of course, depending on timing that can work out or not. But, but what we're talking, and I'm talking in particular, what we saw in the last 12 months, which yeah. is not going to change, right? That, you know, there's going to be more stimulus and then there's going to be more stimulus <laughs> and then there's going to be more stimulus. So, so, okay. Uh, I, I know we're, we're running short on time here, but uh, so double up is now live. So all of Rollins bets, we can actually place. on Hey, can you, can you, can you, can you share a chart? I mean, can you share your screen? Oh, Tell sure. us where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't double know. It was up, yeah, I saw the post. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I didn't uh, know it was live. It's oh, live. I'm sorry. I'm live. sorry. So, I, I'm so I, I knew it was live because I saw, I saw the, the price of my pal, uh, uh, coin uh holdings went up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know oh. double up.io uh, oh i'm so excited man so so let's say uh we I already have a couple i already have a couple rollin bets on here so like this one that's what you were saying in the in the in the chat oh i'm i'm so excited will the price of ethereum open at or above 2000 on march 1st uh you know according to trading view whatever and you can select yes or no and then you can buy shares and and all that kind of stuff oh i'm so excited so i created this market and um you know, it'll resolve. So, the, so on March first, the oracles will log in and they'll say, "Oh, you know, there's a there's a market to to decide on." They go look at the chart and they say yes or no, and then based on those mechanics, it pays out to whichever side wins. Wait, wait, just can I can I know for a moment? I know that Mitch gets to he has to he has another call. Uh, Cal and Neil, are you guys good? I'm good. I'm good for a little I, bit. I, yeah. I need to understand this a little bit more. I need to understand <laughs> yeah. how potentially become I'm, an oracle. I'm gonna hang out for this. Okay. How to potentially become an oracle. And whether I need to buy PAL or not. Okay. So well, how is it even just connected? Like you hit buy shares. Does that like connect to like keychain or something? And then yeah, you use your PAL? Yep. That's exactly how it works. Awesome. Uh, so if I want to say, yes, it will be over 2000. I want one share. Each share is 10 PAL. I click buy. How many shares can you buy? As many as you want. 
keychain pops up. I don't know if you can actually see that in the share. Um, no, I can't see it, but. But then I click confirm. It does its thing. It's processing. It has to be somebody on the other side though, right? No, Taking my bet? Not No, so you're, you're just putting money into the market. So it, it puts it money into a pool for this market. And then when the market resolves, it then pays out. So I, I have been issued oh one share outcome. Yes, this is a transaction number kind of thing. And Wait, so then either one or two things is happening. One, essentially double up is the essentially like the quote unquote bookmaker. Yep. They're taking the opposite side of anything someone submits. Like, is this peer to peer or is it almost like just like a, like a like a like a like a book? Like, well, there's two phases. So so phase one is when you're buying shares from double up. So you're okay. buying yes, you're buying no. If a, if a market has multiple, like a multiple choice kind of things, you can buy each one, you know, whatever whatever amounts and ratios that you want. That All that pal goes into a, a, an escrow for the resolution of the market. Now during, so once phase one closes and the person who sets up the market can decide this. Um, so once phase one closes, then you can trade peer to peer and you can alter your position that way. And you know, maybe somebody wants to buy your position, maybe not, depending on the prices. So that's the secondary market, which is down here. So when you put in, so like the initial market, so to speak, and the initial, like we'll call them bets, everything's basically essentially binary bets and like one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Like I'm so like confused. bet one win, you, you, like bet one win one or bet one lose one. There's no like, you know, odds or anything like that. Well, the, the odds will depend on how many people are in the market. So if we go if we go back to the main screen, so these are all the markets right now. So this one is talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Uh, this is saying the, the Chiefs will win. 22% are saying yes. 77% are saying no. So if you Whoa, enter, what? The people are loading up on the box? Can you, can you click on that? Yeah. Now, how Man, many? No one wants to bet against Brady. How do I know how many um, pal is in the, uh, the pool there? So okay, right that, that, that is a display that is not easy to see right now. You can do it on Discord, but we need to add that to the site where you can see the total amounts. Um, but like here, uh, Hive QA it has bought some yes shares and is willing to sell them at a discount of nine pal. So you could, you could then, you know, potentially buy these during the secondary phase. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So the, um, he... Um, he already had a bag of pal and he's saying, or I don't, I don't understand the secondary so, market. So Hive QA bought some yes shares. So he went through yes at, and he, and he bought some shares at $10 at 10 pal. Yeah. And he's willing to sell it for nine. Yeah. So isn't he losing out? Yeah. But either, either he's changed his mind or I think he's just playing around with it at this point. Um, but you can buy, I can buy some. Yes. I could buy two of them and it would cost me 18 pal to buy his two. This is exciting, man. So, so the exciting thing for Leo Finance is that, uh, well, well, two things. One, all of Ron's bets we can actually codify, and we won't lose track of them. <laughs> so, uh, and two is that you know you can use this to actually create a futures market. So, like you know, uh, Bitcoin up uh, you know above fifty k on July first. That's essentially a uh, you know, a futures contract. I mean, you're not getting delivery of Bitcoin, but you're getting you know however much is in the pool. So you created a a. You created one. Um, can I create one without having any pal? I don't, it, well, no. So to create one, uh, the fee there is is fifty pal. It was hundred, but then we changed it this morning. Um, so to create a market costs fifty pal, 
Upon market resolution, when the market is finally decided by the oracles, the market creator gets 1% of the total pool back as, you know, like a creation, you know, bonus. So that's your incentive to popularize the market. Oh, that's cool. Um, the oracles get 4% of the market pool. And they're the ones who are responsible for deciding markets. They have to come to consensus. And uh, there's, a, there's a reputation system built in so that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, so the more power, the more power you have, do you do you get, do you have first dibs to that particular uh, bet in terms of whether you want to be an oracle or not for that? I don't okay, understand. so the, so the oracle system sort of. What happens is, in order to be an oracle, you have to have at least ten thousand pals staked, and then you can just register as an oracle. So it's it's like a one click kind of thing. Once you're an oracle, any any market that's in resolution where it needs oracles to decide, it's going to select randomly from twenty. Uh, it's going to select randomly to create 20 oracles for that particular decision. I see. So, so if there's 50, there's going to pick 20. If there's 1,000, there's going to pick 20. Now, your chances of being selected as one of those 20 increases the more you have staked. So it's kind of like the uh, Leo Miners. Kind of. Okay. That the more you have, the more chance you have of winning that particular opportunity. Okay. So when it comes to the oracles, like doing the resolution, do like is it all 20 have to confirm like said outcome, or yeah. is it just a handful of them? No, it has to be a. It has to come to a consensus, and and if there's one that's out of consensus, you actually lose reputation points as an oracle, and you if you go to zero, you'll be banned from making more. Gotcha. Damage. So now, I mean, on like, so I have ten thousand pals staked, and I mean, I'm always down to earn some extra income. But as far as at least now, it's it sounds like it basically sounds like a job, as in like because I have to verify outcomes, yep. like. Absolutely. Or maybe I'll just pay someone else to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But then you're, In fact, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm about to hit the message boards. Who's got nothing to do sitting in like Venezuela or something? <laughs> yeah. So, so like I have my morning folder here where I, there's a bunch of sites I go to. And now reporting on Double Up is one of them. So that, you know, you'll, you'll get a little bell icon thing showing that you have something to do. I did that this morning. And, um, you know, you got to be you got to be on it. You got to be uh, doing the work of an Oracle in order to earn the, the fees. Wow, this is this is um this is really cool. So, like, if I was, you know, um, let's say a parent that had like a son that was like eleven years old, I'd be like, "Hey, son, you want to make some easy money?" And I would just make him verify all the outcomes for me, and then I, you know, just yeah. start putting half of the pal I earn into uh, an account for him. Absolutely, building a crypto fund. Yeah. So like, you know, and different different markets will require different amounts of work. So like, you know, figuring out if the Chiefs win or the Bucks win, that's going to be fairly easy. Um, easy. Finding out this one, will Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan sing the national anthem in less than two minutes? That's going to take, you got to figure out, you know, or uh, watch live, one of those two, um, the national anthem, you got to look to see how long they took. You know, so that's that's a bit more work than just- Wow. Uh, can I can I bet on the layup uh, GameStop one? Uh, that's a that's a that's an obvious price no. Of trade trade above a hundred February. No, well, oh, that's a good one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So who who? I'm about to load up on that one. I'm about who, to break the market. <laughs> who created that one? Does it tell you who created the? Uh... It does. Uh, Super Lotto. I have no idea who that is. Well, he's playing Lotto with that uh, bet. <laughs> wow, this no. is nice. Can you go to the um. The so here, so here's an interesting thing though. So this market, the primary phase closes February 17th. So that means you have, in terms of in terms of double ups, total pot size, you have to get your shares in by February 17th. 
And then the actual market will be on the 19th and then the expiration will be on the 20th. So there's going to be a two day window there in order for you to trade on the secondary market. If it looks like this is not going your way. Very cool. That's so, pretty cool. Cause I saw that. So um, using, um, I don't know, we'll call it just real time market. So like last time I was in Atlantic city, like, you know, they had a promotion. I signed up for, uh, you know, the like bet MGM app or whatever. And, you know, you do like live wagering and they give you a bonus. So I'm like, sweet, I'll take free bets. And I, I hit the first couple, which is cool. So then like, I just rolled the rest of it the last day I was there. Cause I'm like, well, I can't use this when I'm out of the state of New Jersey. And I was losing this bet and it was the fourth quarter of the football game. And I brought it up and it gave me the option to basically get out of the bet now and take basically a 50% law. Uh, like, so I was like, well, this is like, it was so obvious I was going to lose. So I actually banged out of it and only took a 50% loss instead of losing the whole entire bet. And mm -hmm. I thought that was badass. And that's pretty new, at least to like sports gambling and stuff. So that's, this is essentially giving you that same opportunity in the secondary market. Yep. And then, and then below that, the secondary market, that's just a derivative, right? You can place bets on people's bets. No, this, this is where you're buying or selling peer to peer rather than from double up. Rollins just trying to take it to the next level junkie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. Wow. This is pretty cool. So um, this is the first time. Have, have there been any posts about the announcement of double up or? Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. There's one on the front page of Leo right now. I'm pretty sure. Oh, is it? Damn. Where have been? I don't know. I think it was on the right. Uh, last time I looked, at least as of last night, I don't know about now, but on so Leo, this, someone did a post. This is the I double up it. account. It's just D U B L U P. Okay. And this is the announcement post. So I so made that, a little video. And very cool. Very cool. Okay. So there's not enough liquidity, right? In the either the, the, the Leo Dex or the Hive engine. Is there for for PAL? Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot. Let's right. See. I mean, last time I looked, which was about a month, six weeks ago, there wasn't enough. So let's look at the depth here. Yeah, <laughs> it's very low. Right. Okay. So what's that? Uh, at one, there's a spike. There's twenty. There's thirty thousand hive worth of liquidity up to one. So that gives that thirty thousand. That's how many pal? Yeah. No, how many? How many pal is that? Thirty thousand. That what you're saying? Um. Yeah, I think that's in pal, right? Okay, thirty thousand pal, and that would be. So how much? How many? What? How much US USD is that? I was 16 cents, so uh, 16, let's see if we can see it here. Well, here's up to 50, total hive is 26.38. So whatever 26.38 times 16 is. Okay, so about- um, 250? 422 okay. bucks. Okay, got it. And, uh, and yeah, so what, what I did was I FOMO'd a little bit and I bought some PAL Mega Miners. Oh, nice. So those cost 100 hive each, but then they're kicking off like three pal a day, basically. Um, nice. And so that's, uh, I, could, I could place a, essentially a, a cost-free you know, position every three days. Right, right. That's Very actually nice. pretty genius. Yeah, I should yeah, buy yeah. some uh, some miners right now before they like 10x after this uh, recording. Well, there, there's a bunch available. Uh, so we got 91 or 910,000 no, that's in Hive. Uh, we got 9,104 PAL Mega Miners here for sale. And it's the same as, as Leo Miners, where the Mega is four times uh, the regular. All right, so just 
dumbify it for me. If I have one, like, what's the minimum number of my, of mega miners I need to like produce one pal per day? Um, five ish. Okay. So yeah, so pal mega miners trade at a discount to pal regular miners because of the it's the 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 production ratio is four to one, but the price ratio is three to one. Gotcha. Hey, I gotta I gotta follow the the, the Neil Whale rules. <laughs> I mean, I got seven hundred and fifteen swap hive to use. I would I would love to be a significant player in this market, mm -hmm. but I have to save my cash flow for Project Blank. I mean that's fair. You know, I just happen to have. I've already been stacking for that. <laughs> so let's see. If we look at the rich list of pal, if you want to be on the whale list, which I looked at, I think I needed five k. I looked at it six weeks ago. Yeah. So here's me. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm on top fifteen or something. I don't even see what balance. What do you have? I've got 85. Gotcha. And then Clay's just been going insane for like a year. So he's got 346,000. Good for him. So do the math real quick. Entertainment. There's Pal, there's Gerber. Yep. What? Damn, I got him. Well, I mean, I have less Pal because for the, like the last year, all I've done is sold Hive and Pal into Leo. So I really have no complaints. Well, I mean, that's a solid trade. <laughs> but I, I, got, I got my 13 uh, Pal. I can be an oracle if I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a security I'm, cat right there. I'm, I'm Boom, saving, there I am. Rock and roll. I'm saving my cash for Project Blank. And, you know, that's, you know, we all have our opportunity costs. So, you know, have to weigh what else could I do with this, these funds? Well, yeah, no, I might buy some. I got, I got, so, I mean, I had some orders in for, for Leo that, you know, didn't get filled because we never just really got any kind of like dip to, to fill them. And, uh, so I got some hive burning a hole in my pocket. So I mean, well, this is really minor. So then my now my gambling can pay for itself. That's all. I want to free roll my gambling. <laughs> there you go. I will buy. I will buy enough to, uh, like you said, this this will be our archiving uh, digital ledger. Yeah, Dex is not our, behaving our, for me. Our bets. Hey, 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 Cal. Um, you said that you were going to try to implement the uh, the. the the next version of uh, your finance this weekend, like with the uh, where you can check your draft posts that are in queue or something. Yeah, so um, it's uh, we're testing it right now. I think maybe today. I was shooting for today, but um, maybe tomorrow we'll actually push it into production. Um, but yeah, it basically I took uh, I took the design of and function of Twitter, so the the way that you can schedule and, and see your drafts and everything on, uh, on Twitter, we basically just took that design and we put it into Leo. So I didn't even know you could do that on Twitter. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. You can open like a little pop out and it lets you, uh, edit your scheduled drafts, um, and all that stuff, change the time. Um, I didn't even know you could, you could schedule in Twitter. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's why we're kind of sliding it in before project blank because, um, you know, we want to have that functionality ready. So it'll look exactly like this. That's hot. How about that? Very and nice. then once you schedule something, you can also, um, you can see it like it's kind of, you can, you can like click a pop out and see it and then edit it and all that stuff. So 
Um, and then same thing for drafts. So uh, basically like with Leo, we had, we had basically a way to create like a one draft and um, it just kind of sat in your browser. And this is like a more advanced. So it'll look like this with a tab for drafts and scheduled, and then you can edit everything. Very nice. So we built that into uh, lightning and it's also connected to Leo infra. So Hey, so it'll work pretty well. Leo price um, hit a high, right? All time high yesterday. Yeah, like sixty three cents, I think. Yeah, I don't know what was up with Uniswap yesterday, but it was all out of sorts. And uh, I think today I looked, and it was at sixty cents on Uniswap. I, uh, I just look at um, Gerbot in the Discord. That does make it easier. Well, I got uh, Mike Shine uh, uses. He uses uh, CoinGecko, and he's like, yeah. why is Leo not getting over 60 cents? And I'm like, because you're looking at CoinGecko. That's why. <laughs> yeah, CoinGecko is uh, – Coin. so the way that CoinGecko works, they only update the price once a trade happens. So whatever the last gotcha. – Whatever the last trade price was, um, oh. that's the the price that's shown on, on CoinGecko. So, like, if someone – traded wrapped leo at 62 cents then it would show 62 cents even if the current actual price of wrapped leo is like 67 cents um, gotcha. and then for i use Blockfolio to track every crypto but uh, i've got wrapped leo on there so that actually tracks the real-time value of wrapped leo random side note because we were talking about it it's like the gerber always strikes i just looked in the uh curation chat and Kerber posted a tweet uh, from somebody, uh, was it Christian Ludwig? Apparently, Curve Finance is now the number one DeFi, um, I guess, by market cap, 3.66 billion, just ahead of Uniswap at 3.5. Locked. Yeah. yeah, total value locked. See, everybody agrees with me. Yeah, I, still, <laughs> I still love that Sushi Swap's number three because anything just called Sushi Swap is just hilarious to me that it's actually like a business model. With well, that name. it's basically just Uniswap, but with liquidity incentives. That's what Sushi yeah. Swap is. Yeah, and had they not just totally effed themselves in the beginning yeah. with the with the the one guy doing a rug pull, they would have blown Uniswap out of the water. Wow. Oh yeah, Uniswap would be like, I mean, Uniswap would be the Sushi Swap of today. It'd be like, gotcha. yeah, it still exists, yeah. but we don't care about it that much. We're on Sushi. Short sided swap. greed. Hey, did did, did someone <laughs> yeah. pull out of the WLEO LP? It was at quarter of a million. I saw. Oh, I, I, that's uh, Neil's looking at the the uh, the front page. Which no, he's just looking shows, at the wrap side. Yeah, that that's only shows half of it. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, it's only half. I see. All right. Uh, I'm 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 super late. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I gotta go. I love I love I love I love the crypto talk. Always, I get I get uh, lost in our crypto talk. Um, <laughs> Yep. This, uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like Neil's finally sold me on, on curve. Um, as much <laughs> as their UI in. makes me feel zero confidence because the it looks UI like it's from horrible. 1985. <laughs> it does. But, uh, but you know, I, the properties of just, you know, stable coins. So your, your, your market cap risk is, is really on the stable coin side. Uh, I think is and it's still making so gains along the way. What's is, my well? Actually, I believe I believe I'm already invested in Curve uh, through other other avenues. If Neil had, uh, if you've pulled the trigger on that, I don't know. Uh, that's still that's still percolating. Okay. Well, the system, anyway, but so yes. but so the easiest bet for me to uh, let's just say I want to basically just 
earn APY. Like, would I just essentially take, let's say, like a chunk of like USDC or USDT, put that on Curve, and then what do I do? I stake it or pool and yeah. And, so uh, you have to do pool and stake and pool and, and stake. And yeah, so there, there's sounds a two-step like, operation. Sounds like when I'm in Vegas. So one, <laughs> so one is you deposit your your USDC into one of the okay. pools that you like, and then take your your deposit position and then stake it into what they call the gauge. So the gauge is where you actually get paid out in gotcha. CRV tokens. But once you do those two steps, then yeah, you're just your your CRV is accumulating in your account. However often you want, you then go in and claim it. Obviously, you're paying gas fees then. Um, so like I've been trying to trying to claim my I've got a 450 CRV in in my gauge uh, escrow, and you know I haven't pulled it out just because the gas fees has just been insane. I don't want to spend 20% of my earnings yeah, in gas fees. So, so is that the only? Is, so is that uh, how all the earnings are paid out though in the curve token? Yeah. So um, short okay, answer. Okay. So yes. now does that not put my return at the mercy of the price swings of curve? Does. Yes, it depends on what you do with the CRV. Okay. So what most people do is they'll claim the CRV and then yeah. sell it for whatever, and then then they just take it as it is. But if you if you claim your CRV and then you keep it as CRV, then you have a long position in CRV yeah. and it's going to yeah. do whatever. No, I'm just curious because obviously let's just say hypothetically like I have a position and it's bringing whatever. Let's just say it brings in like five curve per month. Well, the value of that return can ebb and flow drastically with the price of curve going up and down. Let's say. Obviously, going up is great. That is um, correct, and it's no different, I guess, than what Cal said with Black BlockFi. It pays you in Bitcoin. Well, I mean, that value, that return is going to swing with Bitcoin too. Then, in essence, so yeah. cool. No, I like it. Awesome. All right, gents, enjoy the rest right. of your weekend. I got to run to the next thing. How are you doing, Cat? Hey, Rollin, I'm going to keep an eye out for the flurry of uh, double bets you're going to be putting out there. <laughs> oh, for sure. I know it's man. coming, for bro. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to keep my for eye sure. out. Yeah. So, so right now see you later guys um, see ya. See ya. all right man. so in in usd terms you know so it's 50 pal which right now is about one us dollar to make a market so that, that's that's i'm gonna, I'm gonna get off <laughs> i'm gonna get off five minutes to work out but i have a couple of questions on um uh project blank um cal you was any progress made from last week into this weekend project blank and oh yeah uh are we are we are we about two weeks away? Can you can you update us on what progress was made and, and potentially how far away from that from the uh, the, the snapshot? So right now it's um, we're building. You know we built most of the back end um, and then now we're just finishing the UI basically. Um, and once the UI is like eighty percent or ninety percent ready. Um, I'll publish on Leo finance about the snapshot and that will give everyone, okay. uh, you know, like a one or two week notice that the snapshot's going to be in one or two weeks. Um, and oh, so then not gonna be what'd you say? So you, so when you publish that notice, you're giving people time to accumulate whatever they want to do or decumulate. Um, and you know, a lot of snapshots, they announce after the fact that right. they say, yes, we took a snapshot. And based on that, you get whatever, but you're, you're giving people time to react. Yep. So I'm giving people time to, um, they're going to be able to stake Leo or that. And the, one of the major reasons is that if you want to be in the liquidity pool for W Leo, you're not going to be able to just put W Leo in the pool a day before the snapshot and, and get, uh, counted. So, 
whenever that announcement post goes live, it'll basically say, if you're not in the liquidity pool by like 24 hours from now, it won't be counted for the snapshot. Um, so it'll okay. say so, like, you'll so have there... to be an LP for at least a week or two. Okay. So uh, remind us again, the, the things that will count towards your snapshot balance. So wrapped Leo in the liquidity pool will count as long as it's before that date that's uh, in that post. And um, Leo power, so Leo staked, um, Leo miners that are staked, uh, Leo mega miners that are staked, uh, and that's it. Okay, so those four ways. Right. And so any tokens that it's, you hold my liquid, whether, whether it's wrapped Leo that you hold in an ETH address, not in the pool, or Leo that you hold in a Hive address that's not powered up, or Leo miners or mega miners that are also just in your Hive address and not powered up, those won't count. Because they're just liquid. So. All right. So here's my here's my last question. So you take a snapshot that date. Um, say okay. You take a snapshot. Say March one. Um, when will people be able to then buy the Project Blank tokens? How far mm -hmm. after the snapshot? This. So the the timeline that I that that we're creating is that the the post announcing the snapshot will be about one to two weeks before the actual snapshot. And the snapshot will be about a day, maybe two or three days before the actual launch of Project Blank. Um, and then on that launch day, basically awesome. basically on the launch day, it's like kind of like the Raplio event that we had. It's gonna be like an event where the token goes live, the airdrop goes out, um, the the interface is released so it's like a, it's like a specific day where everything is just launched i got you okay so so not that these dates are going to hold two two fifteen take a snapshot um uh no forget that so you're saying it could you take a snapshot launch could be post seven days post post 14 days is that what you're saying the, uh, I think like if I were to give you a, a rough timeline, I would say that the snapshot will happen around the 20th of this month or, or okay, let's start okay. with the, the announcement post. The announcement post will happen around maybe the 15th to the 20th, let's say in that range. Okay. And okay. the snapshot will be at least seven days after that post, if not, you know, okay. seven to 14 days after that. So that, that puts us at the end of February for the snapshot. And then yeah, maybe okay. Project Blank will be a day or three days after the snapshot. So that could put us at like March 1 for the launch. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay. And like building the back end has been the most complex thing because um, the basically the way that Project Blank handles content is not a way that exists on Hive right now. So we had to build it. Um, so that took a while. And then, um, you know, a few other things. And then obviously Lightning was important to build first. Um, and then, so that, so after we launched Lightning, then the UI started getting worked on um, and the back end, and then um, the scheduling and drafts feature is gonna be ready probably today or tomorrow. And then after that, it's just everything project blank um, okay. until it's ready. And then what's the mechanics if I wanna buy project blank tokens or miners how do i do that with leo what's the what's the steps or mechanics 
so you're going to have to sell Leo into swap.hive and then use that swap.hive on Hive Engine to buy miners or uh, blank tokens. Okay. That's all I need to know. Awesome. You, you were a great help today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm excited for the launch. It's been a lot of, a lot of work, but I think What's it's this tribal uh, decks. What so is this? Tribal decks is an alternative, uh, you know, a uh, hive engine interface, but it's supposed to, somewhere in here is the, um, you can, you can swap, you can swap, you know, token to token and it'll ha handle the swap.hive. Oh, okay. And, um, not sure where that actually is, but I thought it was in here, but apparently not. It's a Leo Dex copycat. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, it has the, um, uh, basically if you want to sell it market and buy it market on two different markets, it'll handle that in one interface. Uh, so if you want to sell your Leo and then buy, uh, you know, project blank miners or whatever, then, uh, then you should be able to do that in one step. I guess I do have an, another question. You, you already have in, in your mind the, the set price for the miners in your mind or not yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. And you have you you have you you've done the tokenomics? Yeah, I mean it's not set in stone, but yeah, I've got okay. I've got a yep. few working models that I'm okay. Just cool. Kind of okay. Uh, so here's a question for you: If I have Leo Miner staked, because I do, um, will I be will I be snapshotted for Project Blank Miners or just Project Blank tokens? Project Blank Miners. Okay. So, so Miner for Miner, token for token. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Leo for Leo for Blank. And Leo Miner for Leo Miner, Leo Mega Miner for Blank Miner. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I better get my um, what do you call it? My my uh, my thongs ready because I'll be running outside on March first or something like that. Yeah, that is um, that is interesting. I'm looking forward I mean, to it. Yeah, I mean, I think blank project blank changes the way everybody's going to use Hive completely, because it's not. This is like you look at the previous projects like this, like Apex and these other short form content projects, and they're the the main thing that they've missed is that these shouldn't be top level posts. What do you mean by top level post? Like a blog post. So, like if you make. Uh, you know, like, a, I don't even know if Apex is still around, but if you were to make an Apex post, which is basically like Instagram, it's basically a picture and like a sentence of text, right? Yeah. And the problem with Hive is that people hate that you post things that aren't a thousand word blog posts okay, got you. And, got you. and earn Hive for them. So you'll get downvoted, you'll get terrible comments um, just for even like ActiveFit reports. I mean, people get horrible comments for this kind of stuff right. and, and get right. downvoted. And this is all because they're top level posts. Um, so the you. simple solution is create a microblogging platform that, um, or even just any micro content platform that doesn't use top level posts. And uh, I saw a comment the other day, people were talking about Project Blank. And one person was saying, if I post 10 times, like I hope my followers don't hate me because I post 10 times a day on Project Blank. And I jumped in there and I said, uh, nobody's going to hate you. You could post 10,000 times a day on Project Blank and it won't matter. Uh, actually, 
platforms like Twitter, where they're micro content platforms, they invite you to post as many times as you can. I mean, that's like the purpose. Um, so, so the, the, on, on project blank, you could post a thousand, 10,000 times a day and nobody's going to give you shit for that. Yeah. Which I think is, is the key. Uh, should be, yeah, yeah, that one. See how fast that was? Just bam. Uh, <laughs> lightning. Lightning yep. fast. Yep. So, whoops. What happened there? Well, that was weird. Some, yeah, it's one thing we got to work out with lightning is the uh, comments from Hive because okay. sometimes they load. Yeah, so I'm afraid I'm posting slow. 10 times a day on it. I hope you guys won't mind. And then here's you. Nothing like it has ever existed on hive you can post 100 times a day nobody will tell you that it's wrong because they won't show up on blog feeds or normal hive uis true twitter on the blockchain doesn't care if you post 10 times a day in fact it invites you to post 10,000 times a day if you're capable of it yeah so for me like i'm way more active on discord than i am on hive just because there's the whole formatting and and instantaneousness uh issues but you know with project blank uh, i i imagine a lot of that activity will shift over to to project blank and I'm yeah. excited about it. Check the uh, Leo Finance Twitter account. Yeah, I think there's Twitter a open. Yep. there's a lane. There's a lane for both. You know, I, I can, I can, I can see myself continuing to do both. Um, you know, I don't know what. Yeah, I, I anticipate that my volume of posts will remain the same. I'll just be, but there's a lot of content I see out there that I don't want to necessarily make a a, a book about it. But it's great info, and um, you know that's where the microblogging will come into play. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of us spend time on, and this has been like a, a big issue with with uh, Discord and and people on Hive. Some people don't like that people on Hive use Discord because they realize that a lot of the activity and engagement that happens on Hive is actually happening in Discord, which is kind of yeah. counterintuitive because Hive is a social platform um so it's like it's it's social ish <laughs> yeah it's social ish so um you know project blank like neil has said and and that kind of drove me in in that direction is that we can create interesting ways to categorize and filter content so that you can basically create like these little uh these little chat rooms almost um where it's it's kind of discord like um but in a more twitter format so you can you could kind of relate it to like if you search a hashtag on Twitter, like um, hashtag Bitcoin, you'll see right. a feed of people talking about Bitcoin specifically. And then right. you can jump in and have a general chat about Bitcoin and, and go back and forth with people in real time. And a lot of that type of activity happens on Hive, but it's all happening in Discord where, you know, for example, like in Leo Finance general chat, we might be talking about the price of Bitcoin uh, or talking about like Gerber just dropped the tweet about Curve and how it became the top DEX, right? Right. So right. instead of Gerber dropping that in Discord, he could drop it directly on the Hive blockchain through Project Blank. So now, question for you. So you mentioned hashtags. So will will we have to include? Will there be a feature to to include tags then? So yeah. That so it's it's this is one of the interesting parts of the backend is that we built a way for it to handle hashtags in the same way that Twitter handles hashtags. So you don't, okay. you don't actually add tags like you do on Hive posts. Yeah. You do like hashtag project blank and then it's filtered for that tag. Got you. Very nice, man. Very nice. 
Very nice. So, I mean, the whole point of this is that you should use this platform exactly how you would use Twitter, but yeah. it's on Hive. That's yeah. like the entire point. So you Got could, it. like I, I post probably 10 to 50 tweets a day from the Leo Finance account yeah. um, every single day, depending on how active I am on a specific day. And yeah. on Hive, that's impossible. Like if I posted 10 times a day on the Leo Finance account on, on the Hive blockchain as posts, people would be... Yeah, I'm down like with you. Trying to chop my head off. Yeah, they'd hate it. Yeah, well, that's because you're, you know, stealing their rewards. That's, right. That's so the this whole bypasses thing. everything. So, so, um, so how do people, how do people earn rewards? I guess it has its own, right, own ecosystem. token. So, right, okay, I got yeah. you. It has a separate, this is the whole purpose of Hive is that you've got separate communities that all live on the same blockchain, but they all have their own uh, echo chambers for rewards and yep. for uh, content curation. And, you know, a, a good blank post is very different than a good Hive blockchain post on right. BD. The two right. very different things. So the right. UIs and the rewards pools should act accordingly. Right, got it. And so, that's what we see with Leo, like in a, in a way, like the Leo, the top authors on Leo are definitely not the same top authors on Hive. Right. Right. So like on Leo though, you know, you can, you earn Leo and you earn Hive, you know, different amounts, but you earn them both at the same time. Will it be the same on Project Blank? Yeah. So you'll earn, you'll earn Hive and you'll earn Blank. The difference is that, um, Blank handles content in a way that's that's not top level posts. So people have less of an incentive. If you know how the Hive curation curves work, people have a very low incentive to upvote those with Hive power. Right. So, but um, but if I have blank power and Hive power on my account, it'll automatically it will automatically somewhere. yep it'll automatically give both. Um, and uh, one of the interesting things I'm thinking about is. Uh, so like with Leo.Voter, I actually curate content on Leo Finance every day. I curate all the new posts um, with that account. So I get, and that's a high power based account. Um, so people delegate high power to it. And then I curate um, a, you know, using, like I say, this post is, you know, a well-written post and everything. I might give it a $5 or five hive dollar uh, upvote. Um, so with, with Project Blank, I'm kind of thinking through different models where we could do uh, basically a similar setup to Leo.Voter, but for you know Blank.Voter. And um, what what I have in mind right now is that the community will curate, say, the the top ten most engaged with blanks, and those will show up at the top of a feed. And then each day we'll take the the Blank.Voter account and we'll upvote with 100% those top ten engaged with blanks i like so that. that's how we'll distribute like that. and that will do high rewards so, so like people that. using project blank will also get some high rewards you know say you get a hundred engagements with your with your blank hmm. yeah it's funny I, it's um I'm, I'm excited um um and i just can't hide it <laughs> No, sir. No, seriously. I, I am excited, but I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be patient at the same time. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a veteran, basketball veteran, and um, 
you know, uh, you know, because of COVID, you didn't play in a while. And then fall comes and, and, and you know, you're in camp again and you're going to have your first game. And you get those butterflies. That's how I feel. You know, I, it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, Leo has already been uh, a game changer for me. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is like, this is, this is, this is, unex this was unexpected. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I like, I've been trying to get people to wrap their heads around that this is an entirely new thing. It doesn't exist on Hive in this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it never has in terms of short form content. Yeah. So it's, a, people who use Hive regularly are going to have to rethink the way that they use Hive. Um, yeah. Because it's going to change that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of people in, in various discords that I'm in talk, talking to me about how like, oh, you know, short form stuff has been tried before. It's like, oh, yeah, it has. Uh, there have been at least at least three attempts that I know of, uh, none of which yeah. have gained any traction. Um, and, you know, I, I, you just, in the world of investing, the most important thing when you're looking at a new investment is the team behind it. Uh, you know, more than the idea, more than the market opportunity, more than anything, because if you, if you're working with people that are, that are smart and have a track record, then your chances are exponentially higher of being successful than, than if you're, if you're not. So I've, I've made the point that, you know, leadership, you know, in, in bringing a product to market matters, you know, more than anything else. So uh, I am, I am very optimistic, uh, you know, with the success that we've had with, with Leo Finance of Project Blank actually sticking and becoming a viable thing. So there's always, there's always, you know, risk, you know, so anybody who's looking to load up like Roland, you know, <laughs> just be aware uh, that there's always risk, but I am, I am personally uh, very optimistic about it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Ron's going ham and eggs. We know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm gonna. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll just let things play out. We'll just let things play out. So, on on that note, folks, if I'm gonna get off so I can work out, because if I don't, uh, as the day goes on, I'm not gonna want to work out. It's already good. So catch you guys. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about uh, AMC. You guys uh, thoughts on AMC before Ooh. we go. AMC has been hurting an arrow through the heart, but I, I'm, you know, I think we still have time to be right. No, I, hey, hey, I, hey, I hey, hey, hey Neil, next week right, it matters. I'll double, I'll double up you on that one. Oh yeah. Make the market. Okay. I'll try. I'll try to, uh, yeah. I'll, you, you can, know. you could do a, a double up. Um, if, uh, do, do Khalil, do Cal and Neil make money on their AMC <laughs> trade. <Yeah. laughs> Oh, that's a that's a one-sided bet. So so okay. Part of making a market is that it has to be verifiable by external parties. So you got to word. So like what what we need is for AMC to hit twenty dollars by March uh, third week in March, whatever that is. Okay. Um, I gotta do. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on. Yeah. So uh, so if you could do that, then yeah. Twenty dollars by what March? What? By by third, you know, options expiration in March. Okay. March. All right. I got some in. I got some in Fed. So. <laughs> What? Yeah, Got Feb and March, but this is going to be exciting, man. This yeah, is some, this somewhere is around be here. Really, really cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the squeezers squoze. <laughs> no, I, I think it's. I think it's dead, man. I think it's dead. I hope I think not. It's dead. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I just need and, one more. Uh, I just need one more. <laughs> one more pump. But you know, I did I did pull my funds out of Interactive Brokers. You know, like I said, I was going to do. So I'm waiting for that deposit, and then I close the account. And then what are you doing? You moving that money to crypto? You said. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot. Uh, gotcha. I only had like fifteen hundred bucks in there. Got it. But, Got um, it. Got it. But, uh, but okay, yeah. so so is Bitcoin at an all time high? Uh, nope. What was the high? Forty two. High was Barely. just under forty two. Yeah. Okay. On on Coinbase forty one nine eighty six. All right. Wow, this is crazy, man. Crazy times, man. Ooh, my uh, Bitcoin short is doing pretty well. Thirty percent return on equity. How you nice. short? How you short Bitcoin if it's going up? Oh, okay. From there. Well, I. I Theoretically, if I wanted to short Bitcoin, I would open a short futures position uh, using Binance. Okay. If I wanted to, in theory, short Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. <laughs> I mean, this, okay, fellas, this is exciting. Um, wow, 40K. Okay. Um, oh, does someone, yeah, maybe I'll put, I'm going to go ham on that double up thing. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, really does, does, uh, Really, the question is, what's what's Ethereum at seventeen? So, do we see two thousand by say Valentine's Day? Um, do we see fifty k Bitcoin by March first? Um, there's so much, man. Yeah, yeah. I personally, I am I'm pretty bullish on Ethereum right here. So we broke the all time high resistance, and now we're just you know slashing back and forth a little bit, but overall trend is going to be up. All right, I got I got to learn how to. Uh, I gotta learn the the UI of the uh, the double up thing. Am I saying it right? Double up. Double up. Double up. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Sounds good, fellas. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Yep. See you guys. All right.